Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to have you with me. Another Monday evening where we have the opportunity to reflect into this uh, great theme of witness. If you have been a faithful listener, you know from one week to the next, I have a new guest. This is the one night where I do that typically from Tuesday to Friday. I have the same guest for the sake of continuity. But we have set aside each and every Monday to bring in someone new to talk about um, the power of God's love in their life and how they are called to witness from a particular uh, lived experience or lived context. And uh, over these past few weeks, we've kind of focused in on motherhood. Two weeks ago, I had Mary Jean Bouchard with me, and uh, she talked about what it means to be a mother, how she's called to witness to her faith as mother uh, to her young kids. Last week, I had Roberta Seibert with me, who talked about her call to witness to her faith and how she mothers uh, her teenage kids. And this week, I have uh, Marie Corley with me, who will discuss um, how God has shown her uh, how to love her children and certainly how to let go of her children. And this will be uh, one of the things that we talk about. So Marie, it is great to have you with me tonight. Great to be here, Joe. So, Marie, uh, you have uh, four children, yes? Yes, I do. And now, I've asked you to be uh, here with me tonight to talk about what God has shown you in so far as how to embrace your vocation as mother, based upon your experience as a mother who's raised four kids who, I don't know, how old is the youngest, a senior in youngest high school? Youngest is 17, Will, okay. senior in high school. Okay, and so most of your kids have not only graduated from high school, but graduated from, from college, and they're in their mid to late 20s. From the first week to the second week to now this week, we're really going to focus on uh, what it means to be a mother for a mother who's raising kids or who has kids out of the house in their 20s. I think you have, what, a couple married now, I right? do. I okay. have actually our oldest is 28, 28-year-old son. Um, he is engaged and will be married in April. Uh, the next one, Caroline, is 26, and she was married last November. And then we have Grace, who is 24, and she will be married in about six weeks, actually five weeks. Wow. And then wow. there's Will, our yeah. little caboose at 17. <laughs> and so you have a beautiful family, Marie. I, I, I know Thank most you. of them well. And I've asked you to be with me because certainly your faith is very important to you. And uh, I actually had the opportunity to teach Grace when she was in eighth grade religion and certainly got to know your family through her. What are some of the things that you can uh, talk about as it relates to what God has shown you and what's oh, important as a mother? You know, at any mother who has more than one child can, can tell you that, that the experience with each child is very, very different. And, and in fact, that is the case for me as well. Um, there's certain things, uh, probably starting with my son, my oldest son, um, who's 28. As a younger mother, I had him when I was 23, I, I didn't know my faith as well as I do now. So uh, I was not able to impart the same type of things that I, I would, I was able to say for my youngest at 17. So 
I think that when I look back on, on my spiritual rearing of my children, I would have to say that there was as much growth on my part mm. as there was on their part. Matt is at this point, uh, as I said, he was getting married, and faith is not an integral part in his life right now. It's something that he's, it's, it's part of his faith journey, something that we have had a lot of conversations about. Um, Caroline is our 26-year-old, and she teaches at a Catholic school. Mm. So um, over the course of probably the last couple years, although she's always remained a faithful Catholic, she probably would tell you that her faith has come alive mm. just in that, imparting the faith to, to children. And then we go to Grace, um, 24. She's just on fire with mm-hmm. her Catholic faith, like, you know, Catholic cheerleader, very, very fervent with her faith, and uh, which leads us to Will, who has been influenced by having all of those factors around him, especially mm. living with his two older sisters, watching their faith, witnessing their faith, and that has really shaped him. He's, I know that faith is important to him as he altar serves every Sunday Mass at 7.30. So mm-hmm. to, to get a 17-year-old to get up yeah. and do a 7.30 <laughs> Mass, as you can imagine, yeah. is quite an accomplishment. But yeah. they're all on their own faith journey. And I have certainly been involved in it in some way or another throughout the years. All very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we've... You know, we always talk about children being different and which approach to take with each child. I think if I looked back and reflected upon things that I did, things that I would have done differently, um, one mantra comes to mind, especially with our, our oldest child, who's a, great, who's a great kid and I really firmly believe is on a journey back to, to his faith. Sure. Uh, but I would probably say my mantra would be to speak less and to pray more. Mm-hmm. And clearly, as your child gets older, into the 20s, you'd really need to be cautious about how you approach faith and allow them to be the ones who open the door. If you are in their business, I think, you know, 20-year-olds will tend to resent it. It's their personal, personal journey. And so it's, I think it's extremely important to allow them to, to open the door. There's a bit of a mystery that, that kind of is uh, bubbling up to the surface right now for me as, as I listen to you, Marie, and that's how... Um, God works. You know, for so many of us, I know we all want to say, especially as parents, Lord, uh, why didn't you just make them that way or, or this way? Or why can't he or she just do this or do that? It would make my life so much easier. And yet in God's infinite mystery, he doesn't because he knows as in your case, mother, it's going to have you going, as you talked about, you know, speak less, pray more. It's going to have you going to bended knee more. Absolutely. You know, before we were talking, Marie, I had mentioned uh, St. Monica, uh, the mother to one St. Augustine, who lived a life by his own admission of sin and debauchery up until the age of 33. He, you know, he had his mother praying constantly. And, and this isn't some abstract thing. No, she was on bended knee each and every day. And Augustine talked about this. I'm one of 11 kids. And as you can well imagine, growing up in a household of, with 11 kids, there's going to be a, a lot of uh, things that go on. And, and it affected some of us. And certainly uh, for some of us in our family, uh, we've taken a, a path that has, has led to a lot of heartache, uh, drugs, and so on and so forth. And so what, what does that mean for us as, as those who 
you know, our faith might be important to us. We're praying for them and praying for them constantly. And I say this in humility, Marie, because I know that uh, if I have a, a brother who's homeless, he might surpass me in faith someday. He might become a priest. Who am I to say? But what I do know is this. He needs my prayers right now. And in his infinite mystery, it has me going deeper in my faith. I find myself praying more because of those around me, especially my siblings, uh, mm-hmm. and how I want so ardently, so fervently for them to experience God's saving love and power. It's God's mystery. You know, it's like, God, well, God, why, why, why this way? Why that way? And ultimately, what he's wanting from us is what, you know, your mantra, speak less and pray more. Let me do what I need to do. Which is very difficult. It is extremely difficult, but so important. Um, what, when your children are little, we have so much control over them. And they really, everything that we teach them, they fully embrace. Mm-hmm. But as a child develops, they start to obviously to think for themselves. And there comes a point where you really do need to let go mm-hmm. and leave, leave all of the things that need to be done in the hands of God, which mm-hmm. is where it should be at all times to begin with. Mm-hmm. When uh, throughout my children, all of their lives, even to this day, I would say the same prayer every night. And it was that Matt, Caroline, Grace, and Will embrace their Catholic faith, that they find someone to share their faith with them, that they are friends as adults, and that they are supported by noble, enjoyable careers. I honed in on that prayer to make it precise so (laughs) that it covered all the bases. And I still say that prayer. And I am extremely grateful that all the, my my three older children who have found life partners have all found life life partners that could share their faith mm-hmm. that are we love to be around so mm-hmm. you know it's i think it's one of those things that from the very beginning we start to pray for these things when our when our first child is born you start to pray for these things mm-hmm. and and expect that that our father will will give them to us i'd always say these are noble requests Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. a porsche yeah 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 yeah. you know there's three answers to our prayers yes no and the one we dislike the most not yet (laughs) not yet and that (gasps) not yet is i think the mystery that we're talking about marie because ultimately it is in his infinite wisdom that he says to us i have a design be patient right you know patience perfects all things. Yes. I see what needs to be done. You know, it's like this past Sunday, we had the parable of the weeds and the wheat. And I always find it fascinating um, how our Lord responds to the servants. The servants say, hey, there's, there's, there's weeds. Let's take care of them, you know? Wait. Uh, yeah. Let and them grow. <laughs> y- yes. And there's something else. There's something else, Marie, that, that strikes me about that parable that can be applied uh, to our conversation now. And that's the weeds in the Greek, the, the zizani or the dulium. They're weeds that in the initial stages of growth are identical to wheat. They look like wheat. Right. So often we look at that and our, our judgment is premature. And we, we think we see what we see, but in reality, that is not always the case. And it's that great proverb, you know, chapter 3, verse 5, do not rely on what you think you know, but trust in God. That, that most concrete act and virtue of faith, trust. It's hard. It's hard. Very difficult. And and, and that's what kind of lies underneath what we're talking about right now, because when you start talking about mystery, ultimately you have to uh, reconcile with that most concrete act and virtue of faith, trust. 
trust that God does have a design. Trust that God does know what he's doing. Right. You know, and as parents, I do think we can get that because do not our kids come to us and request things from us where we say, that is a noble request. I get that request. But based upon what I see and based upon what I know, hold up on that. God says to us the same thing. But man, you said it's hard. It's difficult. Let's be real. It's very difficult. I remember when uh, Matt called me when he first started to date um, his fiance, who we absolutely love, and um, said, Mom, guess what? She's Catholic. And I said, (laughs) how soon can can you schedule the wedding? (laughs) I was just so excited about that. And recently when he called us to say that he was engaged, um, and he shared with us that he wasn't sure that he was going to be married in the church. I was very cautious in my response, Mm -hmm. but this is where another key point, uh, being honest with your children comes into play. While I don't want to tell my child, I'm sorry, you have to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do need them to understand that this this would be a challenge for both your father and I. That this, that this, it would be very difficult for us to support that. You know, he was receptive. He said, wow, he was surprised. And mm-hmm. it gave him cause for reflection. And uh, recently he just posted an email to our extended family. We have a very close, large family that said, you know, we were going to get married in November. But because we want, we are going to get married in the church, we need mm-hmm. to postpone that until mm-hmm. April because we need that time. Amen. So, whether it's in his heart right now, I don't know, but it is a door that is opening. And no, and all parishes really want to see you participate in parish life before you get married. So this is something that, that I think he is open for. And who knows what where this will take him. This mm-hmm. is his faith journey. I don't know where this will take him. I just know that the door is opened and it started with the conversation of honesty. Mm-hmm. You know truthfulness bears more truthfulness because what you feed grows. It's the great proverb. Right. The more time you spend with something, uh, the more time you will spend with something. <laughs> vice begets more vice. Virtue gets, begets more virtue. And how important is it, uh, Marie, that uh, by getting married in the church, they are brought into a community. I think that is something that is so often overlooked that There's a reason why there is a process in place. It's because uh, we are ultimately saved in communion. We need each other. And I think that's often overlooked, you know, that the process itself, um, because ultimately, if we are going to get married, we have to remember that our marriages are a a sign of something so much bigger, so much greater than we are. And, and that's so important. That sign is the, the marriage between Christ and his church. And it is important. It is important to be involved in a faith community. I remember t- um, saying that once. I, I think, I don't know which child I was talking to, probably Matt, but just, just, you know how wonderful it is to be involved in a faith community. I go to Mass. I sit in the same spot with my husband. And you become recognized as that couple there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for those who sit in front of you, sit behind you, or just go to that same Mass, Marie, uh, they notice you, and then they begin to reach out to you, or maybe you, you see them at a store, right? You say, hey, you know, I, I've seen you at St. John's. You connect with them. But how about the importance of prayer? I think so much can be said about that fraternal prayer, praying for one another, especially when we are going through uh, difficult times. What lies at the heart 
of a family that is going to stay together essentially is that family that prays together. We've heard it said, the family that stays together, that prays together, but really the family that does pray together, stays together. And that's why prayer really is at the heart uh, of any community. And Matt will call me frequently and say, Mom, I need the prayer warriors. Can mm-hmm. you pray for this mm-hmm. or can you pray for that? Yeah. And yeah. I say, absolutely, yeah. I, I will do that. Um, mm. But I just think that that's, it, it's, it's just such a, such a value. And I think that our children will, will recognize that as, as soon as they allow themselves the opportunity to get involved in a parish. Yeah. Amen. Before we came on air, Marie, we were talking about um, the importance of knowledge, and you even touched upon it there in the beginning. Maybe when you were younger, when you were 23, you didn't have the knowledge to impart to your oldest child, yet it seemed to have an impact on your younger ones. You know, you were able to impart this knowledge. Could you speak to that a little bit Absolutely, and the importance of yes. that? Um, I became interested, gosh, I, I can't even tell you if it was more than 10 years ago in um, apologetics. Sure. Um, at that time, our daughters, Grace and Caroline, were attending high school, and they had many, many friends who were involved in young life, in non-denominal Christian activities. And when they found out they were Catholic, they questioned them. Um, I hear you guys prayed at the saints. I hear you, you, um, you know, Worship prayed at the Pope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all of it. And yeah. they would come home and say, what do I say? And honestly, I didn't have a great response for them. So that is where it began and started to build on that, looking into why we do exactly what we do, sharing that information. Um, Grace has become quite an apologetic for her faith. Mm-hmm. She had very, very knowledgeable. Um, it's, this is, this, you know, this is a huge part of her life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if you approached her today and said, why do you do this or mm-hmm. why do you do that as a Catholic? She'd have a great response. So knowledge is most certainly power. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said, I didn't have that in the very beginning. I certainly did with my daughters. And it, it's so important to be able to share your faith, not just sharing it in what we do, but why you do that. Mm. Why is it that you do that? Otherwise, people, you know, they, they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And, and as Catholics, I think it's probably all of our responsibility to know our faith well enough so that we can explain it. There's something that I'm hearing, Marie, that I see a lot in in parents at Notre Dame. I saw it a lot when I was teaching there, and it's how having children, especially having having children being brought up within a a setting like Notre Dame Catholic School, how it challenges the, the parent, how it challenges them to be a better Catholic, a better Christian, a better version of who God is calling them to be. And how enriching is that? As I travel and I go from you know one parish to the next, and I teach in RCAs and that kind of thing, every parish that I go to has a parent who is becoming Catholic because a child of theirs has either become Catholic and they want to become Catholic, or they have questions about the faith, or they want to baptize their child. Having children kind of challenges us, pushes us gently right. into asking new questions about the faith. And new questions always lead to new beginnings. They do. They do. I, I see that as a teacher. Um, and I see how important it is at that point, starting really in junior high, for students to share their faith with their parents at home. Mm-hmm. What, we, what we learn at school, what we learn in the class, is, is just yet another opportunity to go home and share that with their, 
parents, there's, there's, there are quite a few misconceptions about our faith. I think that it's just critical knowledge. I'd say I would probably place up there with one of the most important things to share with your child, especially in their younger years. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, I would say counsel when your adult children are seeking it. Uh, mm-hmm. Caroline, probably about three years ago, um, she was trying to decide. She'd graduated, trying to decide what to do. She was, I think she had a job in marketing. Um, she knew that was not her cup of tea. And it's always a struggle as an adult mm-hmm. to find what is yes, it that yes. you want to do. And for her, uh, my encouragement was to pray to God and ask him, what do you want me to do? Amen. When you do that, he will lead you to the place where you're going to be the happiest. Mm-hmm. And in fact, she went back to get her credential. A job opportunity came up in a Catholic church and she loves it. Mm. It's it's it, it, she absolutely loves it. She loves being able to to be able to pray with children, sing with children, talk about faith. Having she she worked in a very um, socioeconomically disadvantaged school in Sacramento with a lot of sad stories, but what she witnessed with these children coming up to her and sharing their life story and asking her to pray for them and praying for her as well was just extremely powerful mm. and. I think when, as I want to, I think of my interaction in that particular scenario was just being available to my child when they came to me and said, "I just, I don't know what to do," and that's the key when your child is older is to be ready when they when they ask you anything about their life, about their faith. Amen. We were talking a little bit last week, Marie, about the importance of not being so wrapped up in your own business and so selfish in the way you're spending time so that you're disposed to your child. Now, it's going to come certainly naturally to a mother, but you can still get caught up in that demon of busyness where you're doing so many things that you forget that the most important vocation you have as a mother is to be present to your, your, your children. As I like to say, before we are human doings, we are human beings, and we need to first be present to our children. Yeah, I mean, so when it comes to selfishness, I think all mothers have slipped into that as a father. All fathers have slipped into that. I have slipped into that on more than one occasion. It's so easy to do. And yet what God asks of us is what you were just talking about, this need to be disposed so that you can see that your child is going through something. And that disposition isn't just what you see. It's also what you hear. And as a mother, I know that you can even pick up, you know, an inflection and know something's going on with your Uh, child, you know? Yes, (laughs) yes. You know, yes. we know the language of our children, and ultimately, it all comes back to uh, that invitation. As you were just sharing about your conversation with Carolyn, specifically about, you know, okay, she was a marketing, now she wants to teach, okay, what am I doing? That you invited her, you know, to, to go to God, and is this not what Christ would want you to do? You know, just gently guide her back to me, and I'll show her. And I think for a lot of parents, a lot of mothers, that might be hard, but... As you uh, made note of uh, in the opening, if you are a mother who's concerned about spirituality and concerned about you know the well-being of your, your child's faith, well, that's your source, our I Lord. I think every, every mother is on the forefront of our minds. Mm-hmm. Their emotional health, their physical health, and their spiritual health is on the forefront of our minds. And it's mm-hmm. something that we think about a lot, we pray about a lot. Um, my husband and I have started recently to pray every night. Um, the St. Anthony prayer uh, mm. for miracles. Mm. And just the importance of praying together mm-hmm. for something, mm. uh, for your children. Mm. 
uh, is, is so, so important and valuable. It's very, very valuable. We recently went to, uh, I took Caroline and Grace to Europe. We mm. went to Lourdes. Ah. And um, that was that was a great experience, and mm. w- and we were also able to go to St. Anthony's Basilica, which mm. was such a treat because St. Anthony has been so on the forefront of my mind with sure. prayers. But just being able to share that that type of a pilgrimage with my daughters was so just it was really quite an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you touched upon it, you know, prayer. Marie, I think one of the things that can never be overstated enough is the importance of prayer, praying together as a family, and praying together as a couple, and how that just by its very nature is going to unite. You know, we, we talk about knowledge, but St. Thomas Aquinas would remind us that knowledge, while it is, it is very good and can bring someone into the faith, it always must point back to the relationship. We study more truths about Jesus Christ and his church so that we might fall more in love with Jesus Christ and his church. If we are not falling more in love, then well, why are we increasing in knowledge? It's like in apologetics, so often, you know, Marie, it's a point, counterpoint, you know, sometimes punch, counterpunch. It's not the invitation that it needs to be to go deeper into a very real personal relationship with Jesus Christ. As Catholics, you know, we have all of this doctrine and there's the perception that Doctrine is just this abstract thing, when in right. reality, doctrine is not about something but someone, and that someone is the person of Jesus Christ, and therefore a revelation of love and how we are called to love, all doctrine. And so how important is it that in the end, um, as we wrap up our program this evening, that we do come back to um, what it all points to, love, and essentially uh, the importance of prayer and how prayer opens us up to uh, love incarnate. Tonight is about witnessing to our faith and how God has called you to witness to your faith as mother. There's no greater witness than to be on bended knee. I think you're right. Yeah. And it's 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 a it's a role that I am grateful for. The role of a mother. It's a it's a challenging role, as every mother could say. Uh, but I'm very grateful for it. I thank God for all of my children, and um, and it is my fervent prayer that that I will lead them all with God's grace and God's help back to him. Mm-hmm. Amen, Marie. And is that not what it's all about? I mean, this is what we talked about two weeks ago with Mary Jean and last week with Roberta. It's about bringing our children back home, doing everything in our power to get our children to their heavenly father. huh? And this, what does this mean? This means that we die to self and that in dying to self, we allow God in our lives in a more profound way so that he can work through us and in, and in us as instruments to draw them back home. It's not easy. It's a struggle. But as a, again, as St. Augustine says, life is a struggle in grace. And uh, we have to take up that daily struggle with grace because without grace, the struggle becomes impossible. It literally becomes impossible. So amen to that. Well, thanks again, Marie, for joining me this evening. It was great to have you. Let us close in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.